Welcome back to Clydesdale Media, where we bring you the best from the world of CrossFit. Podcasts, news, special interest, health, fitness. If you like what you hear, hit that subscribe button. Hit the notifier so you're the first to know when we have new episodes. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Clydesdale Media Podcast. My name is Scott Schweitzer. I'm the Clydesdale. She is Carolyn Prevo, and I'm so excited to have her on. She is one of my favorite guests of all time, and this is my birthday week. And guess what? It's hers too. And so I wanted to have her on the week of my birthday um, as my favorite guest. So Carolyn, welcome and happy birthday tomorrow. Yes, tomorrow's my birthday. Last day of 32 today. Happy birthday. Happy late birthday to you. Mr. Well, thank you. 53? Yeah, that was my football number in high school. So pretty good year. Yeah, I'll take it. I'm healthier in my 50s than I was in my 30s. That's amazing. I've been I've been uh, watching your journey, so it's nice to see the progression. Yeah, you and Lex have been awesome. I I totally appreciate all the support you guys give me. Um, you guys are the best. <laughs> so tough. it's a tough journey. So definitely having support helps along the way. Uh, yeah, and the holidays are tough. Holidays with a birthday right back behind it. Um, and, you know, my family's not getting along great these days. So that adds to pressure and depression. And I had a very emotional breakdown on a podcast with my coach a couple weeks ago. Uh, yeah, we listened to that one on the way to the gym. Yeah. Yeah, I just, yeah. I don't need to rehash that one. I'm in a better place today. Uh, but yeah, we just have to... Keep, keep grinding, as Kenneth says, not just interviews, but with everything. Because I got I got signed up for the gauntlet in Miami. I did hear that. That's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're excited. <laughs> but I will oh, I'm no. I will give can it my best. Me? I can. Okay. Can you you just me? you froze. Yeah, you froze there for a second. So I might not okay. have the best reception in the garage, but we'll see. We'll try to make it work. So before we got started, I was asking about the car behind Carolyn. So if you are um, watching, that is a 1987 Corvette. And uh, I graduated from high school in 1988. And one of the people I went to school with, his dad had that Corvette silver. And one night we put it in neutral and we pushed it out the driveway and down the road and then started it up about three blocks away and took it for a ride. And it was a I don't blast. Know, I, I don't know much about Corvettes. I do like the look of them. Um, yeah, this is Lex's dad. Uh, they're, hu they're huge fans of uh, Corvettes. So they, they have a club, like a little get-together gang of uh, different people, I think, uh, from, from their friend group with Corvettes. So it's pretty cool. Yes, yeah, so there's a there's a corvette museum in kentucky have you ever even heard of that no i haven't so my wife and i were we did like the bourbon trail into nashville and then we're coming back up we were going to go to the uh corvette museum but we found out right outside that our uber driver had stolen hundreds of dollars from our account 
from like two nights before. And so we had to go home and like take care of all that stuff. Oh, no, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Found that out right outside the Corvette Museum. I think it's Springfield, Kentucky. And uh, the museum no is in the shape of like the original logo. The original Corvette. Yeah, logo. I, I, do, I don't I don't know much about about cars. I can identify like all the main, I guess, cars and stuff, but I can't tell you what year. And um, I've, I've always liked Mustangs and stuff growing up. But and uh, yeah, Corvettes are nice. Yeah. So this is Lex's dad's or. Yep. Garage. And I see yeah. a C2 bike back there. That's so does Lex's, Lex's family work home. out? Okay. Uh, <laughs> Lex is every day, I think, on the bike erg almost. She loves that thing. Um, so she'll do work. She'll, she'll be working on the computer uh, while she's just riding the bike at probably like an hour almost every day. Um, so she'll, she works out yeah. there. And then there's a, a rower, some dumbbells. So we've been doing a couple garage um, sessions here, but we're very cautious of the Corvette that's right here. So it's just like small little space, um, home workouts, uh, when the weather's been like bad, it's been really bad. In so I'm in California right now. I'm not, I'm actually not in Toronto. Um, I leave on Sunday to go back to Canada because I, I start back work on Monday, um, for teaching. So yeah, in California, it's been raining a lot. I, I brought bad weather, I think to California the whole time. I think it's been raining and <laughs> floods everywhere. Um, we've actually been pretty lucky where we're located that it hasn't flooded too, too much, um, in the streets around, but a, a couple of the parks had some flooding. San Francisco took a hard hit with the winds and the flooding, I think yesterday. So, um, so sometimes we haven't yeah, been I, able to drive to the gyms and we've worked out in the garage, but it's, it's nice. Yeah. I, I have the weather channel app and it's been throwing up like updates all day about how bad the weather is in California. Like people are dying. It's so bad. Trees are falling. Um, yeah, it was really windy. I saw a gas station uh, on the news that like the, yeah, basically it had like this one part had like collapsed and yeah, I mean, not, uh, not a good way to start the year. I think. Um, no, hope, hopefully no, it, uh, hopefully it slows down and I'm able to also catch my flight on Sunday and not get any cancellations because coming here, I had some, some cancellations and some problems with my flights during the snowstorm um, when I was in Toronto. So I didn't get to fly on the 24th. I had to leave on the 25th. So, um. Yeah, same. Uh, we, we had the snowstorm here in Ohio. I couldn't get to Pennsylvania and we had to wait and leave on Christmas day and it still was not pretty. No, we got it was, delayed. It was a rough stuff. drive. Yeah. I'm just happy I got my stuff because um, some of those videos of the suitcases and all the different airlines is uh, pretty stressful, especially as you know, people are traveling probably with gifts and um, you're always bringing your nicest clothes on the road and uh, you never want to see that stuff get lost. So, so did you spend the holidays with Lex's family or yeah. did your, does your family do it like on a different day? So I spent the whole, well, so far we're about a week and a half into my, so I get two weeks off for um, Christmas or winter break, I'll call it. Um, this year I spent it all in California. I haven't seen Lex in, when did I see her last? In October for Rogue Invitational. 
So it's been a couple months that I uh, hadn't seen her. So uh, definitely wanted to spend uh, my two weeks that I got off here in California with her and her family. She spent Christmas last year in Toronto with my family. Um, so it just made made sense for that this year. I went to go see my family the week before I left so that I still got to see them um, prior. They, they're like My family is about two and a half hours southwest of Toronto where I live. So it wasn't, I can always go see them uh, anytime, really. So does Lex works in California, correct? So that yeah, makes it like she really works hard. Okay. Yeah. So, she, so she can work from home. So she's like fully um, remote, uh, but fully remote in the United States. So. Gotcha. Yeah. It makes we're, it tough. We're, we're, we're working on it. <laughs> So it eventually it's going to have to be a permanent thing. What where you guys decide one goes one way or one goes the other. Have you made that decision or not willing to share that at this point? Uh, like we've been talking about it. Like obviously my job is uh, in person at school. So it's easier for her to come to Canada. Um, I would want that. <laughs> um, that's, that's the goal. Uh, it is still like a long process to get the whole permanent resident um, cards and stuff, but we're, we're applying. We're trying to get that, the ball rolling there and uh, get the whole family reunited in um, somewhere in, in Canada. Cause the doodles, the doodles are with her. Are, the doodles are with her. That was my next yeah. question. So I hadn't, yeah, so I hadn't is... seen the doodles in a long time. Said, so, well, I left, well, I spent my whole summer here. So two months of the summer was here. And so I had to come back to school the last week of August for work. So that was the last time I had seen the doodles was in August. And then, cause when I, when I was at the Rogue Invitational, um, Lex had flown to coach me there and I'd seen her, but the doodles obviously um, stayed at home. So I hadn't seen them in a few months. So it's, it's been nice to see them. Actually, so no, with... I, I, I flew in November. Sorry. I forgot. I, I, I came here the week before Thanksgiving too, or the weekend. I, I spent a four day weekend. About that, what's what's that flight like? Toronto to California, it's got to be four hours, right? About five hours. So five. I try to I leave like the Thursday. I think I left like the Thursday or Friday, Thursday night. No, I think that one I left Friday after work. Um, and because of the three hour difference, I actually got to uh, San Francisco like at a decent time. It wasn't too too bad, like leaving after work. And then I had a red eye on the Monday night. Like I flew at 10 at night. I think I got in at 6.30 in the morning or 7 and went directly to work that morning um, <laughs> to teach. <laughs> so I had only missed one day of, of um, school. Can you sleep Just on a plane? Monday. Yes, I can. I'm a very good sleeper. So it's. Uh, I think I think I sleep better good. on a plane than I do in my bed. Oh, for some reason, that. like I have a, I have a great be, sleep in my bed. The the only times I fly now are to semifinals or the games or, and I even drive to the games, but, um, I, as soon as I hit the plane on the way home, I am out cold until I land. Yeah. And, I, and maybe I it's just everything quiets down. Mm -hmm. 
I just because like sometimes you have to like still wear the masks on the plane so like that's good because like half the time I'd be like mouth probably open so at least the mask kind of hides that that face that you're probably making when you're sleeping <laughs> yet last year 21 season at Granite Games there was an upgrade to first class for like 15 bucks yeah, and it got me a free bagged free bag so it was actually $15 cheaper to go first class I hit that first class seat and I was out cold. I got no advantage of being first class other than I could sleep. <laughs> That's great. I don't think I've ever flown first class. I don't recall. <laughs> yeah. Always check how much it is to upgrade because if you have a bag and it's 30 bucks to check it and it's, and it's less than that to go to first class, you get the bag free then. Travel good to tip. Know. Good, good to know. Yeah. So always check to see what the price is. <clears throat> so we haven't talked, we talked during Rogue, like the beginning of Rogue. So you get through that weekend and I just talked to Ariel on Sunday and she was saying that Rogue went from being an exhibition to being a true test of fitness this year. Yeah. Do you agree? My legs were pretty sore on the last day. Um, like just, just between it, like, it's funny. Cause it's like three, two, one, go, you don't feel anything. Wad is done. And all of a sudden you start feeling all your muscles. You're like, Oh, just walking around bending down. I was like, I don't want to bend my legs right now. Um, yeah, it was definitely more of a beat down than the year prior. Definitely. I think it all, to me, it all started with that rock run. Um, I wasn't really ready for a longer rock run. I hadn't done any like ups and downs running long distance running. Cause I just didn't expect anything past maybe a couple kilometers within the stadium area. Um, and like my hips, small little muscles in the legs, calves were just, they never quite recovered after that. Um, and there were different variations of squats th like throughout the whole weekend with like the heavy squats, the lunges, um, and just the volume just kind of added up. Um, yeah, I just never fully recovered, but I mean, I still always, I, I love going there. It's fun. Yeah. She said it was, it took her longer to recover from rogue than the games. And, um, do you think that's because you're, you are at peak at the games and maybe rogue you're not, or was rogue that grueling this year? I think probably the fact that we're at peak shape at the games, uh, we're training higher volume. And I think that the expectation for most people were maybe around the seven to eight events. And when we got hit with a little bit more like volume, um, yeah, just it hurts a little bit more. <laughs> you're just not recovered as, as much as when you're in the best shape of, of the year. Um, so I'm sure, I'm sure that plays a factor. So what was your favorite part of Rogue this year? They always do like some different stuff. You know, you had that Husafel sprint thing that everybody was tripping and falling and um, they had the log muscle up. What what was your favorite from all that? I, I actually liked the log muscle up. I thought it was really cool. In the warm-up area, I could barely do one. I kept missing or slipping because if you start kipping too much, I have little hands and I would just almost fall back. So um, I definitely just adjusted on the fly there. And I just kept 
just doing singles and coming down and, and keeping a good rhythm. So I really like that event. Um, yeah, that uh, or the sandbag one I face planted too in that event <laughs> right before. And actually, I, I would have made one of the last cuts, but Alexis Raptus redid hers. And then, uh, then she got 10th on that event and I got 11th. Um, so I just, because of my stupid fall, <laughs> that didn't help me. Yeah. Snuck in there. Yeah. It's just like your legs are dead and then you just, you go too fast. You're like, Oh no, Oh no, Oh no, here it comes. And then boom, you fall. Or, and you're trying to get that lean to the, the finish too, but then you have this big heavy object in front of you. And the minute yeah. you start leaning, it just like pulls you. It yeah. made for great, great um, spectator viewing because of the, that could it be a train wreck? Is it going to be a train wreck kind of thing? Um, but yet the it was soft enough that, that nobody yeah. got hurt. Yeah. The log, the log event was okay. I, th I was, I thought they were going to do more of like a speed thingy, like with the yoke carry into reps with the log, similar to the strongman event that they had. I wasn't expecting a one rep max in that. Um, I was very nervous for that one. Like it was just a, I, I tried working on it a couple weeks before, um, but I didn't get up to like very high in terms of weight. And the opening weight was higher than what I had practiced. So that was definitely scary. I was like, oh, I don't want to miss right away on the first attempt. So I was happy that I got, uh, I think, a couple that, that I made. So that was fun, but definitely a little bit stressful, scary. You just don't really know what to expect in that one. When and your overhead isn't your most confident move. My least confident. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. D does it feel, do you feel powerful when you can get that big log up over? It, it is a good feeling. You're just like, yes, I got it. <laughs> um, but yeah, cause, cause the one I cleaned it and then it's sitting on your chest just differently than what you, when you have a regular clean that you can kind of keep it a little bit higher on your shoulders and create that like platform. So it just takes your, breath away like at least to to me because i don't have the experience i probably don't have the right technique for it so when it came the time to just get under it like if you i was just out of breath at one point i was like no i'm not going underneath this so i just dropped it i was like i'm i'm done that's good <laughs> yeah live to fight another day so so you finish rogue you said it's it's one of those events you'd go to you just love it um yeah. you've had some of your best performances over the years at rogue you go into the off season, which you never have an off season because you're either playing hockey or you're, you know, beating up Bob in the jujitsu, in the uh, Taekwondo gym or, or whatever you're doing. Um, you told me last time we talked that you were going to play one more season of hockey. Mm -hmm. Is that still the case? And when does that start or did uh, it start? It started. Yeah, already. So there's been different showcases throughout the year. Um, we had like right after rogue, I went directly basically from rogue, came back to work on the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And I think that Friday I had to leave for a hockey showcase, like in Nova Scotia. Um, there's, yeah, there, there's, there's been showcases every like two weeks ish. Um, they're, they're all over like North America. So we've, we've played already in Montreal, Nova Scotia. Uh, Ottawa, Ontario. There's a couple showcases in January in the Toronto area. And then there's 
there's one in Washington, and then they're, they haven't announced, I don't think, all of them, so I'm not allowed to um, announce yeah. all the remaining ones. Uh, the last few kind of conflict with the open schedule, uh, so we'll see on that one. I would, I would have to do the open either the Thursday or the Monday if I'm traveling with the roster, so... Um, yeah, I mean, ho- normally like hockey season starts in October, which is our off season for CrossFit. So there's, it's not too bad. And then it ends around March, April. Um, so there's a small little overlap, uh, mostly with the open and quarterfinals, not necessarily with the semifinals. Cause like at that point when the hockey season's done, uh, you can fully train for semis and um, hopefully the games. So are you contractually obligated to stay the whole season? Yes, technically. Um, You can, like, I can talk to my coach um, because we have like a 25 player roster um, and not everyone will travel to each showcase. Um, So I can, we can talk, like I can explain my schedule and stuff like that. Um, You just have to be available if you're asked essentially like I'm not one of the better ones on the team. Um, Like there's a bunch of Olympians um, like on my team and they're always going to travel. So I'm, I would be one of the players right now that would be like in a rotation of players that may not be traveling for instance. How important is it for you to be a part of this? Cause we've talked several times about your goal is to make female sports more accessible to young girls to give them a goal in life that they know they can continue it on beyond high school or college. How important is for you to be a part of this? It's, it's a huge, um, it's a huge goal of mine to, you know, to be able to contribute and and help um, pioneer, I guess um, this professional league that's going to be put in place um because growing up there wasn't anything like that um can you hear me because i think you're frozen so oh yeah i don't know if it's my internet yeah i can hear you can you hear me right now yeah okay sometimes my okay so it was just freezing a little bit so i just want to make sure um yeah so like growing up as a female athlete you dream of going to the olympics that's that's your dream. Um, there's not really professional sports that you see where you're making a living like the NHL or NFL, MLB, NBA, all of those great money making sports. Um, you had the Olympics and that's basically it, um, which is I mean, it like that is uh, what <laughs> what we all wish to, to I guess, play in. Um, so, yeah, so having a women's professional league that that girls would be able to, you know, get a salary and have benefits and support to be able to play the sport that they love at a full-time level is, is huge. Um, it's yeah. I mean, that's, that's what we're built. That's where we're trying to build. And um, yeah, I'm excited to be a part of that group. That's kind of pushing towards um, that eventual dream. So, as a hockey player, you watch the Olympics and female hockey is a big draw, um, especially when it gets down to like USA, Canada, like those games, 
get good ratings here in the States. I'm sure they get good ratings in Canada. What does it, what do we need for that to translate into the professional level? Uh, I don't know if my internet is going off right now. Yeah. You just froze for just a second. I can repeat the question. Can you hear me? I can. Can you hear me? Hello. Yeah, I'm here, Carolyn. Can you can you hear me? So Bruce, she is actually in California right now. She is heading back to Canada this weekend. I think Carolyn froze up a little bit. We'll give her a couple seconds to see if she comes back. Um, cause there's a bunch I still want to talk to her about, um, and all the stuff she has. So she is texting me. So anyway, I am super excited to talk to her to see what her plans are for Wadapalooza next week. Um, Cause I know, uh, I know that that is, she had that planned. So anyway, I hope that she can get back on. I was really enjoying that hockey talk. I don't get to do a lot of that here on, um, on my show. Uh, we don't get to talk hockey and I've been a huge hockey fan since I was a kid. Um, but it looks like she's attempting to come back on again. <clears throat> um, Bruce, good to see you in the chat. Uh, looks like you had a good workout tonight. And we got some other people in here. Carolyn, can you hear me? She's still coming in. Um, go Rangers. Come on, Bruce. All pens all the time, man. Uh, have to, I take it on the chin a lot here in Columbus with the Blue Jackets. <clears throat> Travis packing shirts, uh, getting ready for Wadapalooza, I'm assuming. Uh, placed an order last night with Vindicate. Uh, don't forget, hashtag, uh, if you want to get one of those uh, Respect the Roots things, that they're on clearance, I guess, at the uh, um, at Vindicate's uh, store. I think it's Vindicate.com. I always use the link in his Instagram. Does it, does it, is it back um, so now? Go check that out. So I can hear you. Okay. I can um, hear you too. But I can't see you. Okay. So I was asking you, and maybe it might, is it dark in the garage or is it just the camera's off? I don't think the camera's off. <laughs> uh... Well, let's go with the audio right now. Um, okay. 
because uh, because I was asking you like that Olympic women's hockey seems to do very very well ratings wise both here and in Canada. What needs to happen for that to translate to a professional level? Well, I just feel like a lot of people don't know where these players play after the Olympics. Um, and so there just needs to be more visibility uh, in the showcases that we have, more sponsorships to just support um, the league and uh, keep, yeah, just keep showcasing because the popularity is there for the Olympics. And these players are all playing in the showcases that I'm talking about. Um, and it's great, you know, great level of hockey. Um, but yeah, just more financial support, more media coverage, uh, basically everything that we want in CrossFit for the sport to grow. Um, we would need it as well in, um, <laughs> in hockey. Yeah. I was going to say that My sounds still a lot like, nope, we can see you now. You're a little grainy, but we'll take it. Uh-oh. It's been bad. So the reception, like we lost power the whole block two days ago. It's been, yeah, off and on. <laughs> so, so if, the, if it comes you were off, you'll know about, why. Yeah. So we're, you were talking about the, the media coverage for the women and where they go after the Olympics. It reminded me of the riff I did where I featured you just what a week ago i think i did that riff um showing how like you and colton mertens are these they have these really great backstories yet nobody has told your story if it wasn't for like third-party media podcasts like us having you on to talk about your hockey career your taekwondo would anybody know that that happened in your past and by knowing that, it makes it so we want to root for you more when we see you out on the floor. Because we know your yeah, backstory. I'm, we know how you got there. Yeah, I, I just like, I, I think it's cool to um, to be able to, to qualify for the CrossFit Games, um, have a full-time career. Like you just don't see it as much. Like you, you'll see some people maybe have part-time jobs, um, but to be, you know, working in a school, lesson planning, correcting, writing report cards, um, and then as well, training and playing another sport that's not related to CrossFit in terms of I'm not weightlifting, competing weightlifting or track, something that's like leading directly into something that we would do in CrossFit. Like I, it's pretty cool to be able to qualify at the CrossFit Games um, and have other things on my plate. So. It's, uh, but why, why do you think that CrossFit isn't featuring stories about you guys? Did you, well, cause I'm not, you I'm not have, in the top five <laughs> people right. want, people want us, people want the top athletes. Um, people are following top athletes. I mean, they're doing incredible performances, um, and they're, they're the fittest. So that's obviously going to draw more, more eyes, um, and they have a lot more like following and stuff like that. Like I don't like when I'm training, like I rarely take videos of my training. Like I don't have a media person taking a video of me working out every session. Um, I'm lucky if I'll just put my phone against my shoe or a bottle and I'm just, I might catch something like a lift or, you know, something like that during a workout. So I'm not posting as much as other people. Um, 
it's it's a job for them to be doing that as well to keep on posting and um you know creating content for their sponsors and and stuff like that um but yeah like i mean that stuff is also going to not always be there so um it's not you know like it's nice that i'm able to build my pension and have benefits uh like through my through my work um because in certain certain sponsorships like you don't get all of that or you're not building as much that part of your of your life okay i'm gonna be the bad guy because you can be the good good person crossfit preaches that they need to get more people into the affiliate they do someone who posts lift pictures on instagram and all that stuff is not the inspiration of a school teacher who does Taekwondo on the side, who plays professional hockey and is a three-time games athlete. Like you're doing all that stuff that is more relatable to the average CrossFitter or the average person who wants to get fit. You're a bigger inspiration to me than a Justin Medeiros or a Tia Toomey. And not you'll to be a bigger inspiration to others as well. Right. Well, and I, kind of have you. you have you noticed the difference in the CrossFit.com or CrossFit Instagram since January first? Like they've been starting to promote the magic of CrossFit, um, the OGs. Like I'm hoping that the media um, is kind of listening to the feedback from the community, which I think they are, and they're starting to create better content to bring average people to the affiliates. Um, and get people off the couch and just, you know, off the carbs and just healthier. Yeah. I think they used to do a good job of it. They used to. And then in the last few years, it was just keep. And, and I think this is where the media coverage is suffering is that I'm tired of the same old, same old, like I'm an OG that follows everything. And I don't want to see the 18th documentary on Tia Toomey or Mal O'Brien. Like I've already seen that. I want to see other things. And I'm, and I've said this a million times. I'm an NFL fan. I love the Chicago bears. I want to know the third string middle linebacker of the Chicago bears because I'm that big of a fan. We're not given that opportunity in CrossFit to know all 40 of the games athletes. 40 games athletes, that's 40 people out of hundreds of thousands of people who sign up. That is the tip of the spear, not just the top five. We should know all of them. And then you have the master's athletes, which are incredible motivation. And then you have the teen athletes, which are just, you know, models for my students uh, that are doing, you know, training. And then you have the adapted athletes, which is showing just what, um, anybody is able, you know, is capable of doing, uh, which is funny because I have, you know, I, I teach a fitness class as one of my classes that I have this semester. Now, you know, you'll get some, some students will be like, Oh man, I can't, uh, I can't work out today. Cause I, I injured my wrist and I'm like, Oh, we'll, we'll find lots that you can still do within the gym, uh, to keep you moving. <laughs> um, so just nice. Right. And I, and I get ideas also from watching the adapted athletes and when they have, certain limitations, what they're able to do. Uh, you know, it just gets you thinking on outside the box too. So it's really cool to see um, 
all the divisions at the games. Like, uh, I think that like in terms of the media for CrossFit and the affiliate, like the CrossFit Instagram, for instance, uh, should be promoting more of, you know, all types of people, um, different backgrounds um, and really showcasing, you know, what CrossFit is and, you know, bringing it to, you know, as many people as possible. And then you have the CrossFit Games Instagram, which can be more geared towards following different athletes, not just the top 40, but the teams, the teens, the, uh, the adapted, the masters, et cetera, you know, and just showing more the sports side of it. Um, but I think it's been confusing to a lot of the community in terms of the games versus the CrossFit health, we'll call it. Um, because people will just see the CrossFit game stuff and they, and they think, oh, I can't do that. I can't do CrossFit. It's too crazy for me. When it's like, no, this, look at the CrossFit um, Instagram that also has, you know, not the sports side of it, but, um, you know, other other population. Yeah, technically, I started CrossFit at 500 pounds. Like, if I can do it, anybody can do it. Absolutely. So... And I guess I shouldn't complain. I guess this is an opportunity for us because that's what we're trying to do. We're adding an adaptive division. We're adding a teen and young adult division. And we're going to try to cover more master's athletes this year. So it's, we're no, going to try to do nice. what other people aren't. Well, like, like you, your platform, you've been interviewing so many athletes and different, like you just said, different um, divisions and stuff like that. And then that hole that CrossFit has had in the media has given other platforms opportunities to kind of thrive or, um, I guess, uh, do all the dirty work for CrossFit. Um, now it would be nice for you guys all to work together with CrossFit, um, to share ideas and share. I think I, I was listening to, uh, Nate, uh, Edwardson the other day, um, or maybe a few days ago. And he was talking about just, you know, creating a better, um, community within all the, the different, uh, platforms that you guys are doing and YouTubes, um, and just working together to, cause we're all, we all have a goal of, of growing, uh, growing the sport, but all, most importantly is growing, the affiliates and growing uh, the amount of people that are doing CrossFit. That's the ultimate goal. The CrossFit games is, you know, it's, it's nice in terms of like, athlete, but the real goal is to get people moving. Um, and, you know, you guys all have great ideas and it's like, how can we work together and work with CrossFit? Cause CrossFit has the biggest platform with, you know, a million followers um, and you guys don't get as many, views and that's too bad right so it's like how can CrossFit maybe utilize um your platform morning chalk up and um you know richie and all all, all the all the ones um yeah and just grow the brand even more yeah because we're all a little bit different and actually a lot of us are friends behind the scenes like yeah. a lot of us talk to each other throughout the week about different guests and help each other out where we can um, just to grow each other. But yeah, it'd be cool to have the backing of CrossFit and some like common depository for all the content. Yeah. But I def I've but. definitely seen a, a difference the last, uh, the last week in terms of the content that they've been posting. Um, so hopefully 
things are going to start growing more. And um, I, you know, we've seen it done before, so I know that they can do it. Um, so hopefully, hopefully things are starting to move in the right direction, which I think they are. And the sky's the limit. So I want to talk about, are you still going to Wadapalooza? I am. Yes. So you're flying to Toronto to get back on another plane to fly to Florida? Yes. I leave Thursday after work and I will be gone Friday and Monday. I don't have many so days. So as, as teachers, we get 11 days off. Um, and I've used most of them on Rogue Invitational and Wadapusa now. Um, a couple for hockey. So I don't have many, many more days to take off, which is another reason why I don't do a lot of competitions that are like a huge travel. Just I cannot take that time off. We we get already two months off at, during the summer and we get the holidays. So we don't have those, you know, I can't just go to Dubai and take a week off work. <laughs> that wouldn't be fair to my students. <laughs> I'm doing, so you're uh, just doing, I'm doing team. team. Yeah, I'm doing team. I was supposed to do team with uh, Alexis um, and uh, Sabrina Gordon, who is who was at the Atlas Games last year. Uh, Alexis and Sabrina were talking uh, and they became fran friends after um, after the Atlas Games last year. So we thought about doing a team and then uh, we got we did we did the qualifier and then um qualified for Wadapalooza. Lex had to have a neck surgery um, a couple, uh, maybe a month and a half ago. So she was no longer able to compete, although she's training pretty close to um, able to do most movements, but nowhere where we would risk <laughs> for her to compete at a competition. So um, we had to replace her uh, basically like last minute. Uh, I asked one of my friends from Pro One Montreal, from the CrossFit Games team, Mode, uh, to fill in, and she jumped on board right away. So um, I have a team of three girls that we have never competed with each other before, but we're <laughs> looking to um, have a fun, good competition. Sabrina is more of a strength and power athlete, athlete and then Mode is um better on the gymnastics side so i think that they'll fill each other's uh weaknesses there um and complement very well um and then mode has a lot of experience um on a team so that'll be good so with the way it's structured this year i know there's some pros and cons you know the the like I, lex and i have talked behind the scenes about just the cost of it didn't change yet. The amount of days you get to work out got reduced dramatically kind of things like that. But with it pretty much featuring the teams for the weekend, we have so many super teams. Like it's an event that you almost need to be a part of or an experience you need to be a part of because it's really the first time a team event is going to take this much focus. Yeah. Yeah. The team competition of Wadapalooza is, is fun. Like it just is like it, you grab two of your friends and you're just throwing down in the sun by the water. Like it's, there's nothing like it. Um, 
the teams that have been built this year are phenomenal. It's super exciting to be competing. Um, I think the women's teams are, uh, are even deeper even than the men's, my personal opinion. Uh, so there's great men's team, but there's, I think, even more uh, amazing women team. Um, so that top 10 is going to be extremely, uh, extremely hard to make. Uh, it's going to be a, a big fight for that. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, no, it's exciting. Uh, the, it's definitely lower volume than before. Like the last couple years, uh, that I've done it, there's been eight events and then three years ago there was seven. And then four years ago there was nine events. Um, so yeah, I was, I'm super excited to compete against all those teams. Um, I understand the volume has to decrease because, you know, you're only going to two days. You're not going to throw nine events in two days. Um, but I, like, I was disappointed that it was the same price or even, I feel like almost even more, it was like almost 600 Canadian to compete on a team there. And that's not even counting the qualifier, the travel, food, hotel, you know, all that stuff. Um, and then we're basically going to get, five or six events like make like I said making that top 10 is gonna be extremely hard so yeah I mean do I wish that we had maybe six guaranteed events yes because all the other divisions have six guaranteed events except for the elite so it kind of feels weird that um the elites would not get you know six events I think we're capable of that volume <laughs> um so yeah. I, I thought I felt that that was weird like if you to me if you're gonna make See, I don't like, I've never liked the idea of cuts to begin with. Um, I understand from a fan perspective that, you know, we want to see the top 10. I understand from a programmer or logistically that it can be easier to program. But I think in terms of a test of fitness, it doesn't make sense to me to cut. Um, I've been on both sides of cuts before. Um, I just, you know, like in 2019, when I finished 12th at the games, um, I almost made the top 10, like I was only 11 points out, but it just happened. The order of events mattered. And as the field was coming, you know, smaller, it was better and better events for me. I think from like the second last event that I did, I went from 19th to 12th in one event. And that's just what happens with, with cuts is like, you don't know what event could have been good for one person or one team. It depends on the order. <laughs> so like you could have yeah. that sixth event that could be good for a certain team that they could sneak in there, maybe get a top 10 and then they affect the top 10 placing or the top five placing. And um, I, I just feel like in terms of a test of fitness, it, it, to me, it never makes sense. Like you would never do a decathlon and be, and look at the first seven events and be like, okay, we're going to just take the next ones for the last three. Like you would never like all 10 events are uniquely different and are testing something unique. So it doesn't, um, in terms of fitness, to me, it doesn't make sense. What, what Wadapalooza is good for this year. So I was just reading, like, are you, are they sponsored? Like the sponsored athletes, though, like they're mostly not paying their competition. <laughs> so they're able to do, you know, individual and team or just team. Um, so right now, like everyone that did the qualifiers or are mostly out of pockets, like the non-sponsored athletes, the up and comers are the ones really trying to, um, you know, those bubble athletes, like those are the ones that are almost getting penalized um, or getting less, you know, less events for their money versus um, more of the sponsored athletes. Um, but it is what it is. Yeah. And I think that's back to our media focus. 
where it hurts people like you and Colton who don't get the sponsors because you're not, your stories aren't being told, but we won't go back there. The other thing I'm going to say is I get, I get the cuts in 19 were, were not smart. Um, that the 2019 cuts were awful. I got it last year (laughs) from a business sense only because you only cut 10 you from, from 40 to 30 and you had to meet that TV timeline deadline to get on air on a national logistically. Yeah. And they needed that needed to happen for CrossFit, right. To get out to a CBS broadcast. Um, so that makes sense. 19 was just dumb. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was, there was just too many people invited. Like I would rather invite less, no cuts. And this is, this is the test of fitness. Everyone gets to do it. What are the overall rankings? And like the games this year, you know, there was money for each placing, you know, that wasn't the case in the past. You know, the top 20 was getting paid tw- 21 to 40, got nothing. So it didn't matter in terms of money. But if you're talking about, you know, winning 6,000 versus 3,000 by moving up a few spots, that's significant. And it's significant to athletes that are not sponsored. You know, Tia getting 300,000 and 30, like 330,000 or 325,000 isn't as big of a, you know, of a difference. But for an athlete that paid probably mostly out of pocket that are towards the middle or end, each placing matters to them, you know, and we all train, you know, very hard to, qualify hi cat uh to qualify for the games and you know we earned our way there so it's just unfortunate to see athletes don't get all of the experience and you know they could totally uh do very well at some of the tests that they got cut for you know and in 2021 i got cut and i didn't get to do you know the last day and a half of competition and thought that's when most of the crossfit workouts were and less of the swimming and more you know, like running and stuff like that. And I wanted to do those ones. And then this year I made the cut, but I'm sure that there's athletes that are behind me who are looking at some of the events that they didn't get to do. And they're like, you know, it, it sucks. And then the order of the events would, would play a factor, right? Had, had things switched around the leaderboard changes and maybe another athlete would have gone in. So in terms of fitness, I, I don't think it makes sense, but in terms of logistics and for the fan right. experience, not wanting to watch the same workout. I totally get it. But so I actually had the finisher 31st finisher. It was by one point. You can't tell me she's not frustrated watching the row, knowing she can beat that time to move on to the next element. Right. And and that could because be because you're only one point grand. out. And, and right. that could be a couple grand for her. Like it's, it, it makes a difference. It, it matters. You know, like people will be like, oh, you know, you should have done better. Well, of course, yes, <laughs> you know, but on other events or whatnot, but, or, you know, and most of the time people that are saying that are people that have not competed at that level and don't know the amount of hours that we spend training or, you know, um, putting into to the sports. So, yeah, I mean, each place matters, you know, we're, we're fighting for, for everything. We're trying to do the best that we can on, on every event and, Um, we want the leaderboard to be representative of our fitness. And that would mean taking part in all of the tests so that you can affect the leaderboard on any given test. Cause like, I mean, if one of those events, when I'm cut is a deadlift cycling event, like all of a sudden, you know, put the right shoes on and I'm getting 
you know, a better chance of getting even money. If you're putting a running event and, you know, you have certain people that are great runners or swimmers, you know, people all have their strengths and weaknesses and they're probably looking at certain events like, Oh, that's, that's my jam. So yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. So quite the compliment here. I watch CrossFit because of Carolyn. She's a fellow Taekwondo Jin. I agree that CrossFit should feature more athletes, perhaps collab with all the content creators out there. It is doable. I miss Taekwondo. That's fun. <laughs> that is, I love when you post your stuff on that. Um, I know you probably know that. I featured it a couple of times on the show. Um, I'd lo lost my total trade. Oh, so you always do better at the games than you do at like semifinals. Not always, but Depends. I think you're a better games athlete for the most part. We have a new format this year with a whole slew of athletes in every semifinal. Yeah. So you're going to be North America East. How, how do you, do you, do you even think about it or do you just say, I got to be me, I got to do my training and where the ships fall, they fall. I mean, I think if you're an athlete in my position, of course, you're looking at it and looking at um, the field of play. Uh, there's like there's a few people that are guaranteed, you know, that they don't they they can breeze through semifinals. But for the most part, I don't think the semifinals is something that you, you know, you overlook any of your competitors. Um, you know, while there's a lot of CrossFit Games athletes from last year in the Northeast, there's there's hungry people that have never made it there as well. Um, you know, even the quarterfinals, like to me, the open, I can kind of bypass it. I'm in a position to bypass, but I don't even think the quarterfinals is something that I overlook because um, I never know what kind of workout can pop up and making that top 60 in Northeast is going to be challenging. Like every athlete that's making top 60 um, or whatever they are in the region is a very good athlete. Um, so I, I just, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Um, I'm curious to see how that worldwide um, ranking system is going to work and how many spots are going to be allocated to each region when it's all said and done. Um, like they said that we would know prior to the semifinals. So interested to see how that's going to um, play out. Hopefully I'm on the right end of the the cut when it's all said and done and that the, the right workouts align for me. I have so much, I so many questions about the semifinals. Logistic, we talk logistics, 60 athletes, six heats. If you go lanes of 10, men, women, teams. Four, four heats of 15, maybe. Four, oh my gosh. That's going to be such a long day, Carolyn. It's going to like, yeah, I, don't, it is. I just don't know how it it's going to happen, it's gonna uh, be long. but so, uh, so with that, you're going into the season, you're, you're, you turn 33 tomorrow. You've, you're a three-time games yes. athlete. Young. Do you think young three <laughs> 33? Hey, I got you by 20 years. You, um, you, yeah. so you are very young, <laughs> but when you get into that, that 35 year old range, 
that's kind of when people look at, is this the end of my career? And unless you're Sam Briggs or Becca Voigt, like there, there are a few exceptions. So do you look at these opportunities now and cherish everyone you get? Absolutely. I like, I remember my last event of this year at the games and being like, I don't know if this is the last time I will do an event at the games, right? Like you just, you just never know. You don't know, like you're getting older, the field's getting better and better every year. Um, <coughs> I like, I try to enjoy every year at the games like the first year of 2019, I didn't enjoy it because because it was so stressful with all the cuts. Um, in 2020, I lost my spot to the CrossFit Games. I had it and then lost it with all the COVID stuff. So I didn't get to do that. 2021, again, I thought, you know, this might be my last shot. Last year, still, still made it. And then you just don't know. Um, I think the years of people that are super, you know, the, the Sam Briggs that are able to qualify at 39 or almost even at 40 this year, she almost made it. Um, I think those are going to be extremely rare. Uh, the sport is getting younger and younger and we're seeing that right now. So, I mean, I, I'm not oblivious to the fact that, you know, this might be my last shot at individual. Um, then I would be, you know, if I don't make it this year, I'll definitely be looking to, um, team up with Lex next year and, uh, and go team. So, and then when it's masters, um, I mean, I just like, I love competing. I like doing CrossFit. So, I mean, I'm sure I would try to qualify within masters too, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I love competing on team as well, but for right now, my goal, I still feel like I'm improving every year and I still felt fitter last year than I did the year before. Um, and it's, you know, I'm still working on certain things every year and I still feel I have a shot of qualifying individually this year, which is why I'm still going for it. And hopefully I can qualify again this year. So th my last question to you is going to be around that. But before I do, Kat has jumped in. She is host. She is helping host an event, the Green Beret Project. The female, the, so it's teams of three. The winning team gets $5,000. When is it? At last check, at last check, there was only two RX teams signed up. Uh, it is the beginning of February sometime. I'm sure Kat have, will put the date in there. That's the start of the second semester for my school. I can't miss that. Oh, that, that's the start of my second semester. That's like the first week of second semester. So I don't think that's a good week, but um, probably maybe, a, maybe Lex will be good by then. And then maybe she could be able to find a team. I'll uh, definitely relay that information. It's just, it's just hard for me to compete during the year. Uh, I'm already missing. I've already, like, I've missed a lot of school in the first half of the year. Um, and I'm hoping that the next, well, I have Wadapalooza, and then I hope to not miss any more school until hopefully the semifinals. Um, and Kat's asking, did she train in Delaware before? think so okay not that i know so of. here's here was my last question that you kind of read my notes and went ahead and that is your entire life you have not only competed in one sport but two sports a year every year of your life 
So as you're getting to those ages and you kind of answered it, you would consider team, you would consider masters. Do you ever see yourself not competing in something? No, I like competing. Um, and I like doing sports. Uh, I'd probably find something else to do as well as well. Um, like I do miss martial arts. I miss soccer. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've always done multiple sports. So I think I think it, it's just important for me to play sports. Um, like, I, I wish that CrossFit tested more of like, I mean, I guess it doesn't really have to do with like fitness, but it's just like athletic, athleticism. Like to me, like coordination of like a hand, like a, a hand-eye coordination and stuff like that. Um, throwing all of that stuff is uh, not as tested. Like to, like the one thing yeah. that they'll be like, oh, coordination of the double unders or the crossover double under. And I'm like, I don't think that's really what I have in mind in terms of like athleticism. Um, You're thinking fastest slap shot or? Yes, skating. Why can't we skate? <laughs> I had to learn to swim. <laughs> right. <laughs> I gotta, I, that I gotta water. try to swim with all these D1 swimmers. Why can't we just do some rollerblading or some some skating? I'm sure Paige, some Enzo would like that, and a few others. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure she would. That's some that's um, some balance work for you. Uh, Bruce is asking, are you going to go into the MMA? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't fight in the MMA. I, um, I although I do miss sparring. Um, I would need to learn a lot more uh, like grappling and jujitsu stuff. And I mean, I just, I, I would do it more just to enjoy uh, learning about different martial arts versus getting in the ring and risking injury, I guess. Um, Cause I, I love playing sports, but I'm also very cautious of what kind of sport I'm doing now that I'm at like a certain age. Like when I was younger, I was fighting all the time and um, like in Taekwondo and doing all my sports and I guess uh I mean I guess you get injured in those too but now like at the age I'm at like I don't want to be going to school and I would be you know coming recovering from a uh, shoulder injury from getting getting a in an arm bar <laughs> elbow injury yeah you could be the real life here comes the boom movie <laughs> yeah I, I would yeah. just be good I would just be good at stand-up not as much on the ground, but it, it would be, I, I just, but I, but I would love to learn out, uh, about it, like jujitsu and stuff like that. Can you remind me, you went to the junior Pan Am games in Taekwondo. Mm -hmm. How did you do there? I got a silver the one year. And then the other year that I went, I lost a USA girl who ended up winning. And then there was no like reprochage. Like I lost by one point to her. And then she smashed everyone else, but I had her in the first round. So we just both caught. We were in the first round versus in finals. And that just seems like really poor seeding. Yeah, they, they didn't seed based off like any ranking. It was just at a draw back then. I don't know if they've changed since. I haven't followed the sport as much since I went. Well, I quit fighting at. My last time at Pan Ams was seven when I was 17. And then, yeah, when I was 18, I was already at school for hockey. So I haven't really followed um, 
the growth of the sport since and the ranking systems, because a lot has changed in the sport. The way that their equipment is a little bit changed, the way that they score changed, the way that they fight even changed. Um, like the style has changed a lot uh, from, I guess I'll call it the old school way that I used to fight and then the new way that they do now. Um, so yeah, a lot has changed, so I'm not sure. But yeah, you did say you won a silver medal. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then one it, last question. It was my favorite. It was my fa- it was my favorite sport growing up. I just chose hockey because I thought that was going to be my best chance at the Olympics. And Taekwondo, we didn't have scholarships for it, um, so I I just went for for hockey because that was I thought you know smaller pool of players in hockey than let's say soccer and um, yeah I had I had a lot of sports. <laughs> Uh, and just for context, Pan Am Games is a top tournament. Countries send their national team members to compete there. Yeah, so we have different weight classes. So we we have like one athlete in different weight classes, and then you would match up with, um, let's say you're a featherweight and you're fighting against another featherweight from whatever country and um, for the Pan Ams. And then one last question from the audience. And I, I know the answer to this because we've asked you this, but just for some, the new listeners, does she follow a program or do her own? Um, I have programmed for myself for almost my entire career. Um, Lex is now on board programming with me. And uh, I also have, so I follow Cal Strength, uh, their barbell wad Um I guess they have five days of uh, Olympic lifting. So Lex will tweak a little bit of that depending on some of the programming that I'll write. And then also Rob Carson will send us some endurance work who's worked with Carrie Pierce for, um, and also the underdogs he's working with them. So we do all of his conditioning. Lex will add sometimes or might adjust a couple things, but for the most part, we'll do like entirely his, his stuff. And then, um, I'll write all the wads and I guess, uh, training pieces of the week. And then Lex also does now the accessory, but for the longest time I was doing all of it. So it's been very nice to bounce ideas off with Lex who will, um, program with me now. And we'll also, we also do the programming for my uh, affiliate CrossFit Coliseum in Toronto. So we do, we'll write the, the workouts of the day there. Um, so pretty busy. And for <laughs> for the audience that doesn't know Lex, it's Alexis Tatois and you two yes. are complete opposite athletes. Yes. Everything she is good at is your weakness and vice versa. So together yes. you make like the most complete athlete ever. Yeah, we, we love competing together on a team. Uh, we don't like competing individually against each other. <laughs> um, it's just different, right? Like I, I want to be on a team with her. I think we we do better that way. Um, yeah, it's stuff that I'm not good at. She compliments me very well. And then her holes in her game, I would um, help her out with that. So, uh, yeah. And we just have a good time when we're competing together. So she is super strong, but can you still out deadlift her? 
we're pretty close actually because she's she's deadlifted 400 i think before 405 so i don't know we're i don't think she has attempted anything by that since but we don't really max out that often um which you shouldn't anyways <laughs> uh we're always training around more like the 70 to 85 percent sometimes 90 and those are the numbers you want to increase I actually i just i just tested some of my strength numbers this past uh week because i was i did the rogue thousand pound challenge um they that they that they put out for the females it was 750 pounds that they want that challenge so i i stopped myself at 390 for my deadlift uh, I just didn't like the way that I was pulling on my lower back on that last one. So I stopped there, but I don't know that I have my 400 still in me. I think my max was 405, but that was like five years ago. I honestly never well, deadlift. Well, on that note, as you out deadlift me, cause I, <laughs> I have a, I have a janky back. I can, I can hit the thousand. I could hit the thousand when I was healthy. Um, but because you, you my injured bench your and my squat are strong, but my deadlift my is bench. so bad. My bench is so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Carolyn, I've kept you long already because every time we talk, I could talk to you all night, but I want to cut it off at the hour, which we're at hour and 10, um, and let you get back to your family because you have to fly out this weekend. Um, thank you so much for jumping on on my birthday week. And happy birthday to you tomorrow. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And I'll be uh, following along all your podcast stuff. Great job. All right. See on you in Miami. you're doing for the community. Well, thank you. And see you in Miami. Yes, yeah, see you in Miami.